welcome to Let's Talk. Um, at the weekend, West Ham get battered, battered everywhere they go, and they got battered at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium 3 1. Uh, really good atmosphere, really good game, really important game. I think they were, uh, you know, tired from the 120 minutes, but, you know, I couldn't care less. Uh, three great guests for me. Ian, how you doing? Yeah. Hi, Chris. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, pleasure to have you on, all three. Uh, Mac, uh, been on here so many times. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Bit tired, bit run down, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's just day-to-day -day life, getting on top of me, getting older. <laughs> and uh, Sam, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks very much for having me on. Uh, yeah, doing all right. Weekend, um, always good when the Spurs win. It makes the week a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it just, especially after a win-loss, 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 win-win? What's a win-win? I don't know what that is. It's been so long. Uh, you'll know Sam from Paxton Road TV. Uh, his uh, uh, link is in the description, uh, as well as everybody's uh, Twitter handles. And Gareth has got a podcast as well. At the end of the show, uh, they'll tell you how to find that if you can't be bothered to look in the description and click the link yourselves. Uh, but we'll start with you, Ian. Uh, yep. How big a win could that be? I, I, I'm not going to get drawn into we're... we're you know, back in the top four place <clears throat> proper now. Uh, I've always been quite optimistic and they always let me down. So I'm trying a pessimistic approach here and see how that does. Uh, the, the biggest but, thing for me from that, Chris, is breaking that win-lose hoodoo before the international break. Yeah, but it's two weeks, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah, Ian, how, how big a win could that be come when we're yeah. at the end of the yeah. season? Or I, I, is I mean, it just it's one another of those win ones. and another know. game? You'll only know at the end of the season, Chris, but uh, I think there was so much, so much to admire about the performance. I think the whole attitude was right. You know, we were on the front foot from the first minute. Um, at 2-1, I thought our game management was was really excellent. Um, we held on to the ball. There was a period they had 75%, about 10, 15 minutes. So they, the second half, you know, we'd let mm. them back into the game. I thought our game management was excellent. First of all, we gave we didn't actually they didn't create an opportunity, <laughs> um, and then secondly, when it was tough, we just held on to the ball and held on to the ball and held on to the ball. Um, Arsenal, it's suddenly it's three points, it's one game. We know they've got to come to to Tottenham. It's another couple of goals on our goal difference, which was uh, in negative a few weeks ago. And what is it now? Plus eleven. So so that's big. <coughs> I've always felt this team could go on a run. You know, it could win five, draw one of six, which would change everything. Um, and then the bubble keeps getting burst. Um, but there's just, I think, a feeling that maybe there's a, there's a real opportunity now. The next game is uh, Newcastle at home. Yeah, they're a very different proposition to the one they were, you know, before the, before the takeover. But... Uh, there is absolutely no doubt they are takeable at Tottenham. It's not as if they're winning every game. Um, we've got Brentford away. Again, not an easy game, but I think they're, they're, they're naive in the way that they play. Probably got enough points. Um, Villa away, tough game. Liverpool away, tough game. But the rest, the rest of the games we've got are, are more than winnable. But it will come down, won't it, to beating Arsenal at home. I suspect yeah. that if we don't beat Arsenal at home, it will be game over. But they've got tough games as well. Yeah, they were well, tougher games than us, to be fair. Yeah, well, they got Chelsea, United, and Liverpool. And West the Ham. Arsenal game is the last game of the season. Sky are waiting to see if there's any connotations for top four. If there's well, any no, Redknapp let it slip last night, didn't he? 
Oh, did, he did, you not, did you not see what Redknapp said last night? No. Nah. He were, so after the Sky Sports game, went, yeah, in the North London derby, it's probably going to be the biggest North London derby there's been in a long while. You know, when the games played, what, last week of the season? And then all of a sudden, the presenter was like, oh, yeah, um, but it, uh, uh, but. It's not been scheduled. Like, I saw that here as well. It's guaranteed, it like, isn't it? If, if there's any connotations that uh, Arsenal need a win at White Hart Lane to get fourth and we can stop them, last game of the season, Sky get a lot of money, everyone will be watching Well, they can't. That's it. And, then, and what's his name? That'll be his final game. And he'll be told to uh, give it to Arsenal. What's his what name? Dean. Um, Mike Ryan. No, who's the twat who's retiring? Oh, I saw Mike Dean maybe retiring. That's it, Mike Dean. Yeah. But they can't play the last game of the season because obviously that's no. set in stone. So it'll be like, if it's going to be, it's going to be midweek. It's probably going to be a Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday. Midweek game. before Norwich. Football talk, Sam. Football talk. Sky have all this no. money. It'll change. Chris, I don't think so. I think that, uh, I think Sam's right. That they, last can't, they can't change the Sunday season. fixture because yeah, he, said, he said last week of the season. So it's yeah, going to be, right. it's going to be I, Tuesday, I Wednesday. Maybe even Thursday night. Ooh, no, I don't know. Oh, yeah. The games were on Sunday. The last game of the season's on Sunday. So yeah, so Thursday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe Thursday I'm just before cynical. Norwich, mate. Yeah. Maybe I'm and, just a cynical old man. It wouldn't surprise me if they try and put, put us, and just to screw us, put us as an half-five kickoff Saturday or an early kickoff Sunday and then try and do us Tuesday, Wednesday just to give Arsenal the edge because they're pricks, let's be honest. And they've all got an agenda against Tottenham. <laughs> a couple of, people, couple of people in the chat, all regulars, audio artisan. How you doing, buddy? Chris Agenbar, how you doing? Oh, Wayne always in the Spurs Hello. chats as well. How you doing, Wayne? Even gents, lovely weather this weekend when the sun was shining brightly. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks to everybody watching, all the comments, keep them coming in. Please hit the like, please hit the subscribe. 197 subscribers at the moment. Please, please, please get me to 200. Get me to 200. That'd be amazing. But, uh, Mac, uh, it, it, it uh, what what do you think on the the top four race? Are, are we back in it? Are we still out of it? Is it a wait and see? We need some consistency. Where, the, where you? The, I'll be fair. The, the way this season has been, now we we've got crowds back. It's been a bit top. I, I think it's been, been a little bit topsy turvy. There's there's games that if you look across the board that that haven't gone the way that you'd have predicted. Uh, that ourselves included. Um, I still think there's a twist somewhere, um, but um. You know me, Chris, forever the optimist. Um, and and, and yeah, I, I think that um, I think there is every chance and a good possibility that the Champions League football could well be on the horizon for Spurs next season. And what, what do you think, Sam? Do you think it's a huge result in the sense that there's a two-week break now and we needed a win going into that two-week break rather than a loss or, or something damaging, certainly to a if we are in the top four race, which mathematically we are, that it would have been a loss to a, a direct rival there. Uh, how do you see the, the the hugeness, if there is a hugeness of that result on Sunday? Yeah, so we had, we've had two games of, of huge uh, consequence. Obviously, the Man United game. When you're playing for that top four, everybody's in and around the same sort of points. You have to try and take points off your rivals. A, you get the points off them, but A, it takes them out of the picture. For Man United, we brought them back into the picture because of mistakes. If you look at the last games that we've had, We've had some really good performances in terms of keeping clean sheets, apart from that Man United game. You know, we've got that Man United game. They scored three goals from Ronaldo, which they shouldn't have had. Going back to the point you've made, though, is a massive result against West Ham because, again, it takes them out of the equation. They're now going to be focused on the Europa. I'm not worried about Wolves. So the worst we could probably finish is around about six, I would imagine. However, we are in the, this race because of the fact that, you know, Arsenal have to come to us. They may be three points ahead in the game in hand. 
but their fixtures are significantly harder. And the way that we're positioned just in behind, the pressure's now on them. If it was the other way around, I would say the pressure's on us because, as we've seen, when we're front runners, we don't seem to cope too well. But I think Conte being that, you know, just, just in behind Arsenal, he's already applying the pressure. You know, he was in his pre-match press conference, said something like, you know, when they asked him about the postponed fix, he was, he's very cutting about it. He said, well, you know, you know, they didn't want to play or something, something to that effect. And now he's saying, yeah, we're three points in it and we're fully in the race. So he's applying the pressure. And as Max said, there's going to be a twist or turn towards the end. I mean, do you, do you think the pressure's getting to Arteta because he's moaned at the Premier League for fixture congestion? The same, the same Premier League that let him get away with not playing a game because he sent too many people off to the. Uh, I think it's a position he didn't expect to be in. I didn't Basically, think he expected to be in it like this so soon. No, he didn't. He wanted to. He, obviously, they wanted to show that they were up for it and they were going to have that bit of a fight. And if they'd have finished anything better than eight, that's going to be a result for him. Mm. Um, when they didn't buy anybody in the January transfer window, all the <clears> AFT lot and all the Arsenal lot were like, that's it, we're done. We ain't got no strikers. They've had a bit of a run. But if you look at the fixtures that they've had, I would say apart from that Aston Villa game, there were games that I think they should have won anyway. I think Aston Villa, that was a good yeah. significant result for Arsenal. It showed that they can fight. Yeah. But Mikel, call him Mikel Keegan, because I think he's going to crack. <laughs> I think he's going to crack. I'd love it if we beat the <laughs> I think everybody, Chris, was really disappointed in the way Aston Villa played on on uh, Saturday lunchtime. I, I really expected a lot more from Villa. Are they on the beach, the day, do you think, yeah. or, the, or, the, or just an off day for them? I think a little bit. Both. I think Arsenal played really well. I mean, I think there's no getting away from the fact that they he's got them playing playing pretty well. And we all know Arsenal supporters. And I'm sure we all know Arsenal supporters that six months ago were screaming for him to get sacked. And now he's in fourth place and still in control of their own destiny. But I say we've got we've got Newcastle. Um, next Sunday. We have to win our games. We have to take care of our own business. But then on Monday night, next Monday night, oh, Monday two weeks, they go, they've go. they got to go to uh, um, Crystal Palace. And that's, that's not, not an easy. easy game. So, you know, you're still thinking with some of these away games, I think they've also got to go to Manchester United. Have they also got to go to Liverpool like us? They've got they Liverpool certainly... and Chelsea, I believe. Chelsea, yeah, Liverpool, Chelsea and West Ham. They've got West Ham yeah. in there. They've got and some I think Man United. Games. I'm sure they've got Man United. Yeah, they, they, they have got Man United, yeah. They've got all I'll have a look at their fixtures because I'm know, sure they've got some really tough Ultimately, fixtures. all we can do is take care of our own business. But they've got some tough games and they start dropping points. All of a sudden, they're looking over over their shoulder. You know, if we we can get them at, at the lane, and I think it will be that last week of the season. I think the I think Arteta is starting to make his excuses, though, isn't he? Ian? Well, uh, oh, how many games? Fixture congestion because you, you're scared to death you're going to bottle the the advantage you currently have, and then he's got someone else to blame other than the fact that the process has shown a bit of fruit uh, but not completely blossomed. You can bet your bottom dollar, you're right, and you can bet your bottom dollar that Conti is going to be playing the mind games with them. You know, are you sure you're up for this? You know, have you not had enough? Is four days rest not enough for you? And you can you can bet your bottom dollar Conti will be in their heads. Um, but the idea would be if we can get to that game um, against them at our place, maybe even a point up last week of the season, we're knowing that if we uh, if we beat them, we're in the uh, um, in in the Champions League with uh, 
But Ian, because we're Tottenham Hotspur, we'll be ahead of them with a point to go, playing them at White Hart Lane. We will end up drawing, and then Norwich will do what Newcastle did to us. We're getting relegated. Fuck it, we'll have you five one. <laughs> I, 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 I hope I it goes to the last game of the season. I, I really do. The reason being, I just looked at the fixtures. So looking at the fixtures, Arsenal play Everton on last day at home. So that should be a foregone conclusion. But before that, they've got Newcastle away. They've got to play Leeds at home. They've got West Ham away. Before that, they play Arsenal at home, Chelsea away, Southampton away, Brighton at home, Crystal Palace away. So them fixtures, just them, there's got to be a loss in there or two. So <clears> I calculated yeah. if we lose a couple of games, they lose maybe two or three, it will come down to that game at White Hot Lane. So, I would say at least a couple of losses in there, maybe, a, and a couple of cheeky surprise draws. Yeah, you that's know, and, and, and what I'm saying. Hopefully it's starting to have a little bit of a turn. But like you said, Matt, it's going to be the same for us because it's Spurs, isn't it? So we're yeah. going to have a bit of a, oh, yeah, we should be winning that. And then it's going to yeah. be a draw or something like that. So a lot you've of got the teams say, that we oh, are. Saying say that, Sam, what yeah. is that? What if we've already had that period? Because we True, should yeah. have been good. We True. should have been Burnley. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we won't do a, a Tottenham and, and fucking stumble somewhere. But there's that part of me that's thinking, haven't we had our bit of bullshit now? And we're gonna we're gonna do enough to see us through. Yeah. Do, do so, you not feel that Conti is really working hard um, on the training ground and around the club at changing that mentality? Um, and even Harry Kane saying, you know, everybody has to now start taking responsibility. And there's players like Bentacook, um, uh, Kulusevski, even Dyer Davis. I just get the feeling there's more players in there that are taking responsibility and are accepting. They have to do it on the pitch. I agree. I agree. Um, I think it's it's relative, though. The pressure's relative. Because as Conte's alluded to, he's not used to fighting for top four. He's used to fighting for titles. Sure. So the pressure for him is relative. I don't think the pressure for the Spurs players is relative. I think because we, we've not won anything, you know, top to get top four, it'll be an achievement this season, but you haven't won anything. And I still go back to that point. When the pressure's really on in like a semi-final final, that's what I want to see. But what was good about the game yesterday was that we were under pressure because you know what West Ham are like. If they get a set piece, a corner across, they are likely to maybe get an opportunity, which they did score from yesterday. So the fact that we kind of managed that last period and then got the goal, Conte was well happy because he saw things developing in the terms of the play and the style of play. So if he's happy with how they're playing, it can only be down to individual errors, which we saw in the Man United game, which we saw in the Burnley game. And as Max said, we've kind of got them games out of the way. If we can be consistent, cut them mistakes out. We've got the firepower now. We've got, what, 17 goals in the last five games or whatever it is. We were like nowhere near that early part of the season. Mm. Couple of comments. No, Simply, Ace. Simply Ace, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, Mark Cousins, uh, pretty much what we've been talking about. Even Lance, top four of his on. Will we get it? Who knows? Uh, yeah, there, there'll be some losses. You know, you know the biggest thing that's changed, though? The biggest thing has changed, as much as I'm not his biggest fan, Kane's firing. Kane's starting to be more effective. Um, I know people sit there and say he's always been effective, but it, he's, he's, now, he's now in that stride. He's, he's now... You know, he looks hungrier. He looks like he's got his hunger back. And whether that's down to Conte, whether that's down to the fact that that we've got a manager in who is the best manager that we've had in fuck knows how long. And he's and also I think also the fact that Conte is so honest and he's laying he's laying Tottenham shit bare. 
you know, as regards uh, the way we haven't done certain things. Um, and I think Kane actually quite likes that because it, it mirrors what he says about his ambition. You know, as long as Tottenham mirror my ambition, I'll stay. Um, and I, I think Sam's right. I think there is that change in the... Uh, again, sorry, my memory's going. I'm getting old. Uh, saying about how they um, how he's changing the mentality uh, amongst the players. There, there seems to be a little bit more grit, a little bit more fight. Without... Without over, without overhamming it, without you know taking the Mickey with with rolling around forever with free kicks and all the dark arts type stuff. Uh, but it's nice to see. It's it's just whether or not um, Conte is doing enough work also on Levy's wallet to make sure that it opens at the end of the season as well. Because I think for me that is, it, it doesn't matter what happens between now and the end of the season. It doesn't matter whether we finish fourth. If 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 Levy doesn't open his wallet, if Levy doesn't give the money that, that needs to be given to Conte, one, for him to stay, and two, for him to make Tottenham, you know, at least passable with challenges, then it's, it's all for nothing. Mm. I, don't think I, I don't have any doubt that the, the, there'll be money at the end of the season. Um, no doubt at all. And I think, I think there's, there's times where Levy hasn't read the room right at all. But I'm absolutely certain he understands that if uh, we go another closed season without spending some serious money, um, he'll lose Conti. And if he loses Conti, I think it will be the beginning of the end for him. And I think he, I'm, I'm sure he understands that. There's a good chance. You know, you look at the players who we might sell, um, looking at someone like, you know, Rodon, possibly even Sanchez. Um, certainly Harry Winks, I think, is, is gone. Um, um, Ndombele, Lo Celso, possibly even Gil. I mean, we we could raise at least a hundred million from those players, at least, and possibly um, significantly more. Whether he'll let Sanchez go, so I mean, he'll have an initial hundred million pounds to to spend anyway. And I absolutely expect <clears throat> the board to be putting up similar a similar sum. Because I think Conti will say, this is what I need to get you into the top four regularly and to challenge for trophies. He's not a manager. I've said this on other streams. He's he's not coming here to win the League Cup and piss about in the Europa League. He's here to challenge for, for, for the top trophies. Mm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively confident. I've, I've, missed, I've been wrong on this before. But I'm, I'm confident now with the income streams um, back on back on tap, the concerts, the boxing, the, the American football, the obviously the, the English football and what have you. There's no excuse now not to be spending pr uh, proper the, money. The, there is no excuse. You're right, Ian. And I, I'm, I'm as hopeful as you are. But, but sadly, if you, you look at, and, you know, I'm not going to turn this into a Levy argument or in out, whatever else, but mm. sadly, the, the proof is in the pudding already. He doesn't do it mm. when it should be done. And I'm hoping that there is, there is going to be that change in the cycle. There needs to be that change in the cycle. We have needed yeah. an overhaul of this squad. Champions League final, in my opinion. We made that final... Fuck knows how, but we made it. And for me, that was the point where where Levy should be putting his hand in his pocket and and saying, this club could go on to do more. This club could could actually start challenging. This could be a cycle of, of great European runs or, or whatever. And he didn't do it. Yeah. Um, I don't think he believed it. That was the point. 
But, 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 but the point is, we we did it, and he didn't even give it the opportunity. He, you know, you look at you look at what we did sign and what we could have signed and what we didn't even attempt to sign. There was, yeah. To me, there was no there was no sign of anything where he actually thought. Do you know, I think he thought this is our class of '92. These guys will will do us for another couple of years. Yeah. These guys oh, will be good enough. Don't worry. Make me bank balance is safe. And he fucked it. And 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 that that for me was probably the biggest thing, the, the biggest mistake he made. And if he doesn't back Conte, if, if he doesn't give him money, and if Conte decides to leave, and then in turn Kane decides to leave, I think that the guy's gonna have to to leave Cuffley because some prick's gonna fire bomb his house. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to slightly agree, disagree on some of the points that you two made. I agree with what you're saying. If Conte doesn't get what he needs, then he'll probably walk. I, yeah. I don't. I don't agree with the fact that we ain't spent money. That probably just after the Champions League when we should have done that. We probably should have done in the summertime. Yeah. We didn't. But the Celso and then Dombele, the two nearly cost hundred million. Those two players alone oh, nearly cost oh, it's just million, spent, right. million pounds. So we've just got it not wrong. spent right. We've just not spent the money right. No, that's it. We haven't done. spent. And that's Romero. what I mean. We spent it right because those players are bloody useless. They should They're have useless. Away you can't spend hundred million on players that you've now sent out in yeah. less than two years. <laughs> but we've got Romero right. Forty-two million pounds, yeah. which you still got to pay for. That's how you spend the money properly. That identifying a defender who's probably going to be on the same level as Virgil van Dijk in a few years' time. He's 23 years of age, don't forget. Virgil van Dijk's, what, 27, 28? I don't know how old he is, but he's certainly significantly older. Then you've got Benton Kerr and Kuliszewski, who both have come into the first team. Again, Kuliszewski on a long-term loan. Good yeah, business. We, 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 we got this from Simply Ace. That those two have settled in straight away. Been excellent for us. If we did not sign them, we'd be nowhere near the top four. 100%. And, uh, yeah, uh, and, they, and, you, know, and, you know what? I love it because every as soon as they join, everybody is going, oh, you go rejects. We should be punching higher. We should be aiming for this. And do you know what? Everybody who's watching, anybody who watches this stream, I've said from the beginning, shut up. These guys are going to be great. So just a bit. See. There you go. Thank you. I told you so. The, 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 the issue is um, there. The issue is there. Because this, this again, and it was, it was something I've also said on your show, Chris, is, the negativity that we get with what we do buy without giving them a chance, without looking at what they have done. They might not have fitted into certain systems, you know, recent UVA, but they were, they, you know, Kuliszewski fitted in well at Palmer. Ben Tancourt was great during Sorry season. I've said it before, you know, and, and everyone called these guys rejects. Now, all of a sudden, he's the ginger prince from Sweden with his own song. <laughs> and Ben Tancourt is the, is the greatest midfielder since Glenn Hoddle and Paul Gascoigne. You know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not saying that, that he's not up there, but the way the fans are now going on about him, considering these guys were UVA rejects, I think, Jesus Christ, if you'd given these guys a chance in the first place, half you wouldn't be in humble pie right now or pretending that you never said anything in the first place. But the thing is, they were relatively cheap. In t when when you uh, compare them to Undombele, uh, for example, they were relatively cheap and they've been far more effective so far than than Undombele has for us this season. So in terms of spending the money in the summer, yeah, he needs to spend money, but spending money isn't the be all or end all. The, the be all. He's spending the money right, but he's making no, sure. No, but this no, is the thing: when no, I say no, about spending, Conte be, knows. Yeah, the Conte be all or end all is spending the money on what Conte wants. If Conte wants a player that, if, if we want a player that's fifty million, but Conte says I want this player who's ten, you go and get the ten million because that's what Conte wants. Yeah, and and. and 
I think Benton Kulisevsky and, and the transfer window, albeit it was it was too little in and too many out. I, I think those players in had Conte's fingerprints all over it. Absolutely. And 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 he wanted those players. And a, a, what was it, fourteen million for Benton Kerr and a, a, a loan for Kulisevsky. We, we were wanting uh, Vlahovic and uh, 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 Louise, who, who, who's gone to Liverpool. And these two have been superb. Benton Kerr's learning quickly that he doesn't get the time on the ball, but he was superb at, uh, at West Ham. He was terrible at Man United, but he still showed for the ball. Kulisevsky's been, looks like he, he's played with Kane and Son all his life. And so in the summer, it's not so much Levy has to spend 100 million. He has to spend whatever Conte says. If Conte he's says, got, he's got to get the right player. Yeah, this is it. it. But the problem is, is though, sometimes, especially my opinion as regards Conte, is some of these guys are going to cost money. Yeah, um, well, and if Conte cost says, I want, that player, I want that player who's 200 million, then you know, Conte really needs well, to. Well, yeah, he's going to be, he's he's going to be told to, to take but, a hike, isn't he? But, yeah. but you know, I, I think Conte's smart enough to know that I can't go and get someone for a hundred million because Levy won't sanction that. It needs to be smaller, smaller amounts. He bought Ashley Young for Roma, who uh, was that free or, or it was very cheap, or if not free, he was superb for Roma. So yeah, as long as Conte gets what he wants and the type of players that he wants, I, I, I don't mind if Levy only spends fifty million if it's the players that I don't mind. Uh, Conte I, I wants. Don't... And I don't mind if they get free transfers and they look at that sort of, mm. because people we, we get a little bit of this oh it's a free transfer he's no good but that's what happens the football's changing now players are not signing contracts because they know if they go to the end of their contract they're holding all the cards you've seen that we've seen that significantly we've got Mbappe probably moving for nothing he's a two hundred million pound player yeah so, a prime example because, if we got Dybala are people going to yeah. say because he was a free transfer? 100%. <laughs> and if he flopped, you'd say, oh, because he was worth nothing. But that player, we've been chasing him for years now. So if we get the things right, and I, I, I if we don't sell any players, I've identified that I think we could get away with buying four players. I think we, we need two new wing-backs, 100%. Yeah. Mark Cousins think, asked about Dybala here, but he, there'll probably no, be a queue around the corner, wouldn't there, for him? Yeah, I think we need... But, a, but he's got history with Conte, hasn't he? Has he not played under Conte at Juve? I have no oh. idea. Can't answer that. I, I there's mean, gonna, mate, there's, there's going to be a queue for him, like there is for the brothel when a new when a submarine comes into shore. All right, it's going to be a case of whoever whoever pays the most money is where he's going to go. Let's let's be perfectly honest. I mean, back back to the game as well. We do have to say I've got a couple of friends who are West Ham fans. Mike, who was on uh, at Vob, so he was on last week. Mike has been on before. I was chatting to them after the game and. Uh, we do have to say that their 120 minutes against Sevilla, I, th I think, definitely was a factor. They, they they weren't pressing us, they weren't closing us down. The, the, the chances that they had, including the goal, were kind of from our um, carelessness, if you like, and, and the fact that we still can't defend set pieces. Uh, but other than that, I can't remember Lovis having to do anything. And then yeah, I mean, we, we moan about our strength and depth. They were saying about that as well. I think it's it's fairly evident now that they'll be focusing on that Europa League uh, rather than... I, I'll, I'll be honest, Chris. I think that 120 minutes thing's such a shite. How many times did we, how many seasons have we played in Europe and we've been, you know, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday. It was never an excuse yeah, but, for us. So uh, why is this, it... Why this, is a team, this is a team... Down? This is a team who who haven't been in Europe for God knows how long against a team who are second in the league. But you've got to remember, West Ham are massive. 
So it shouldn't matter. Well, what do you think, Ian? Do you think the 120 minutes made a factor? We got one yes, one yeah, no. I think, I, I think that last half hour, when uh, if they hadn't had that 120 minutes, I think they'd have been they would have been pushing and pressing as much harder. Um, and in fact, that last 15, 20 minutes, we could have scored another two or three. You know, Kane had two golden chances that he missed. There was that Doherty shot, it was actually brilliantly blocked. Um, plus the goal that we 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 did score. I, I think they were they weren't quite running on empty, but I, I think you could see that they were they were physically tiring. They weren't chasing back as well. I think they were more emotionally drained. Well, I, I, I don't think that matters what it is. I, I think that's right. I mean, you you get in a, on a high like that, you're you know you probably don't sleep much because the adrenaline is absolutely pumping through every vein on the on the Thursday. Then the then the adrenaline subsides. Then you feel tired. That's probably you know uh, you're you're well into Friday by then, and you've got to pick yourself up and play Sunday. I don't think it's that easy. I mean, the fact is you can have this a circular argument. You can talk about it all night long. But, you know, at 2-1, I was starting to get a little bit nervous, I must be honest. Um, but they didn't do that much when they had the ball. They're a better side than that. We've, we've, they yeah, as well, That's what I thought that. as well. Audio Artisan says we, we lost most of our Sunday games after the Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, Sam, what, what did you think? Was that West Ham that you expect to see or West Ham mm. that kind of looked like they played 120 minutes? What, what were your thoughts on that? Um that had a little bit to do with it. I don't think it was the main factor in it because it's, it's 30 minutes extra football. These guys are, uh, are fairly fit, you would imagine. Uh, and David Moyes even alluded to it in the fact that he didn't think it was necessarily the fitness thing or the lack or or sorry, that they played the extra 30 minutes because they were actually, you know, in possession more in the first 20 minutes of the game anyway. And he said that. What he did say was the preparation time. They tried to play three at the back against us. And we've done that consistently since Conte's been here. So the other thing is we scored the first goal. Had they scored the first goal, I think it would have been a hundred percent a different game because they would have been able to sit back and not as expend as much energy. And that's what they probably would have liked to have done yesterday. They didn't. So they're always chasing the game and that's going to play into the fact of 100% for us because A, they're going to expend more energy, but B, it plays into our hands because we're a counter-attacking team. Whether people want to accept that or not, we have ability to play football, but fundamentally, we're a team that can defend well to spring on a counter. And that's good from my perspective because it's working. Mm. Yeah, and uh, Simply Ace has said, as long as we beat West Bam, <laughs> that's all that matters, absolutely. And uh, Mac, I'll come on to what might as well be a permanent banner now. Sun and Kane, oh, it might as well be a permanent banner last year and then this year as well. But uh, three assists essentially for Kane. Slightly shame that Sun didn't get his hat-trick, but it was an own goal, but he made the run to cause Zuma to uh, make a mistake. Uh and one of the guys behind me shouted about Son get him off the pitch, not in such polite terms. Two minutes before he scored, and then he went mad. But uh, you know, took his goal absolutely superbly. I think he needs a rest because he's taken a few heavy touches. We were on Tommy's stream uh, Tuesday. I think we both said to, to rest Son for the Brighton game. Obviously, he didn't, and uh, you know, he's come up with uh, two, two and a half goals. We'll say yesterday, two and a half goals because his run made that goal. Uh, but he took his uh, last goal superbly, like you expect, son, composure personified. Uh, is he back to his best, do you think? Or is that just one game and calm down? Or do you think he still needs a vest? He I, won't I, be vested think... because he's son and he's one of our best players. But... I, I, well, he's, Conte said he's undroppable, which as much as I think he might have needed a rest 
for Brighton, I agree with. Um, I think he just needed to get his confidence back. And I think that West Ham game has probably given him all the confidence he needs now to to give him that that final boost uh, between now and the end of the season. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't drop anybody in that front three right now with, with the way they're all playing. You know, Kane is, like I said earlier, Kane is, is now properly found his feet. He's back on the goal trail. He's he's pinging it. Okay, there was a couple of passes that went wayward against West Ham, but that'd just be being picky to to pick him up for them. You know, he's you'd bet you know even the miss you'd bet your house on that one. But regardless, you know Kulusevski, he's come in and he he's absolutely blinding. You know, seven starts, two goals, four assists. Great stats for a guy who's who's supposed to be given time to settle into the league. And was no um, good in January when we some... signed him, like you alluded to. No good, Kulisevsky, when we signed him. Two goals, four assists, seven starts. There you go. You, you can't Danny argue those stats. It, it's brilliant. And then, yeah, Sun just Sun just needed some confidence. And, yeah, West Ham's giving it to him. Um, and, yeah, for me, that's that, that's that's it now. It's it's now just whether those three continue doing what they're doing. they like you said, it looks like Kuliszewski's been part of that trio from from day dot, and it's it's, it's wonderful yeah. how he's just slotted into it. The way he's so natural, the way, he, Matt, the way he battles, the way the way he creates. He's he's not scared to make the runs. He's he's not scared to take people on, and but but he does it with control. He he does it with a bit of finesse, Absolutely. and and it's a beautiful thing to watch. I'm I'm loving watching Kuliszewski right now. I mean, I was thinking that, that, um, you know, in terms of resting, I don't think any players are getting a rest if they're fit of that 11. I mean, I, I think that in terms of starting sides now, it's that 11, possibly Sessignon, possibly... Yeah, Sessignon, I, I felt Reguillon was really poor yesterday. but that's that, He took that, a dive as well, didn't he? He should have been booked for that. And, I know, he should, well, he should have done. Um, Sun, but, Sun should have been booked as well, we have to say, for the ball being uh, rolled to his leg and falling over. Uh, how can you say that? The guy was walking, the ball hit him as he was walking. Could have killed him. Could have killed him, I thought. Mate, <laughs> mate that, that, that was a shocking kick at him. To be honest, it was just at the time that I took my lily white glasses off. I took them off for one second. <laughs> I'm, not, mate, I'm not even going to lie. What was that? Did you even think he was going to take his cat home or something? Do you know I what was, I mean? I agree. Like, I agree. Yeah. It was anyway, dangerous, I, I, dangerous yeah. play. You know what I mean? should never I, be allowed I, on a football yeah. pitch. I, I think <laughs> certainly the second one was maybe for that kicker. Chris, you should be planned for life for that. I, I, I think with Vegion, certainly the second one he got put through, I think Sessignon would have had more composure there. Vegion yeah. never looked like he was going to score. Uh, but yeah. The only thing for me, Sessignon is missing is a goal right now. And that really yeah. just. Yeah, he's played really well since he's been in, but. Uh, yeah, uh, injury problems. I, I, I never get the feeling he's going to have like 10 games, 15 games in no. a row because he's always going to be uh, stunned Chris, by an Chris, injury here or there. <laughs> I was trying to make is that I, I think now this is that pretty well is the side that Conti is going to live or die by till the end of the season. Mm. I think there's times he might decide, for example, like Liverpool away to play Emerson Royal at, at right back um, rather than Doherty if he wants a more defensively minded player. I think Skip will come in at, into midfield. Um, he might rotate 
the three with with Hoy Bear as well, but certainly Skip Skip and Benty in that midfield gives me a real feeling of excitement. Um, and Cessignon for for Reguilon. I think in terms of a starting um, team, that fourteen players will be where the starting uh, eleven, unless there's injuries, you know. But I don't think Bergwijn, Moore, or what have you. I think they'll stay on the bench. Yeah. But I think the starting eleven will come from that 14 between now and the end of the season. Yeah. As you, as you, as you sorry, I was just going to say, as you touched on that, Ian, it is dependent on injuries. It is dependent on sending off suspension. Yeah, I said that. So the yeah. fact is, I, I look at it like this. You're right. I don't think the teams like Arsenal, West Ham or us can afford to really change too much. The only team that has that ability would be Manchester United. But I think they're in a bit more of a disarray just because of where they are and where, they're looking to get to. So I think if you look at the, the squads, Man United have got the best squad of those teams, but I think they haven't, we've got the best manager. So if I take all that into consideration, looking at the fixtures, looking at that, if we have a bit of luck with the injuries, we have a bit of luck with the suspensions, as you said, we've probably got 14 players to choose from. I can't see why we shouldn't have the performances. It's just now having a bit of luck to get the results because football is about luck as well. Yeah, a couple of comments. Simply ace. Uh, ben Davis was poor yesterday. Thought he was at fault for the first goal. Veggion has a great engine with little end product. I'm, I'm not sure about the Davies thing. I thought there were three people who missed the header from... Uh, I thought Son played a big part then, in that. Yeah, and then yeah. Son missed uh, 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 Ben Rama, I think, who scored the goal. And then Scott M says, Son and Kane were the difference without them. We lose. When they're on, we have a chance. And, uh, I mean, Kulisevsky, Sam, this is the first time I've watched him live. And... Uh, it, I'll probably get mocked for this kind of comment, but it's the first player that I've seen us have who, when he runs forward, the ball seems to stick to him with such control, like Max said, like a Ginola, like a Bale. He looks in total control when he's running with the ball. And, yeah, it's, you talk about players who come in, they've got to make a difference, they've got to make a stand and, and force themselves in. And he's literally forced himself into that first 11 in one or two games. And, and, this is, is that is that? Do you think the 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 kind of mentality uh, shift from Conte that you were talking about? Do you think that winning mentality? I've got to force my way into this team. I've got to get some goals. I've got to get some assists. So and, and Benton Curve as well. Yeah. Sorry, no, I was four questions here. Benton Curve <laughs> as well. Superb yesterday. His pass for the uh, to Kane made that. Well, Kane's pass made the goal, but the, the pass to Kane gave him that space to be able to look up, son to run on. And he was superb yesterday, I thought. Yeah. Both okay. of them. Yeah. So it all, for me, it goes all that. All, so I'll try and get everything that you've captured or everything yeah. you've said. So it all kind of goes. <laughs> I do apologise. It all goes back to player identification. This is what I'm saying about identifying players. It's not just about the talent. They have to do a lot more deep. What's the mentality? What's the age of them? What's their profile? How would they fit into the system? Kulashevsky as a player that, you know, can play on that wide area, but a lot of people said he used to, he's probably better playing as a 10. So if you see the way that we play now with the, the well, I guess it's a 3-4-2-1 system, Son and Kudoshevsky are those number 10s. And Son is an ideal player because he can play across the front line. So player identification has been ideal. So now you can put Kudoshevsky as a 10. You could probably put him as a, a number nine if you required. And he's got the strength. And you can see that he's probably got the mentality having been under pressure being at Juve. Same for Benton Kerr. I heard that Benton Kerr, one of the things that Conte said is that Benton Kerr plays better in a two as opposed to a three. Hence the reason why he's persisted with this three, four, two, one system. 
And you can see the reason why, because Benton Kerr has got an engine. Someone said in our stream yesterday, they didn't think he was that mobile. I was like, what? He's one of the most <laughs> yeah. mobile players that we've got. <laughs> yeah. He glides across the pitch. I was like, a I was... partnership with Hoiberg as well, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. In Skip's Chris, absence, before... who, who Chris... is huge, Skip. And, but he seems to have formed yeah. a good partnership, Benton Kerr and Hoiberg, at this moment yeah. in time. Hang on, before you move on from what Sam was saying, I mean, I think I think Sam's made a really, really important point. Let me play devil's advocate. I'm Daniel Levy. You want a hundred million pound? Hang on, I gave you 30 million quid. You bought me Soldado. You bought me, <laughs> yeah, you got me um La Celso. I gave you 40 million pounds. I gave you nearly 60 million pounds. You got me Ndombele. In other words, who's done the due diligence? Where's the due diligence? The players that we've got in for, for relatively little money, Romero, these are, I mean, he's got, I think, a couple wrong. I'm not sure about Gil, and certainly Galini doesn't fill me with any inspiration. But Romero, Kuzlevsky, and Bentoncourt, they are superb pieces of recruitment and players with the physicality and the mentality to, to, to play in the English game. Um, and I think Levy will have a lot more confidence in what we bring in if we can bring in players like that. Because Kulisevsky, his strength, the times he wins the ball, we think, oh, he's lost that, and suddenly comes away with a ball. He's absolutely tailor-made. People got about Kulisevsky's speed, about him lacking speed. That actually, <laughs> he was up there in the, in, in the top in in um, in Syria for, for the quickest yeah. wingers, but also as well, if you noticed how quick he, is, how switched on he is, quick in his head. To no, get I'm just, I'm just quite young. as you said that for, yeah. for such a young lad, he's got yeah. a fantastic football. He 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 knows what he wants to do, and yeah. he's and he hasn't got much problem in executing it at the moment, from what we've no. seen. Um, I tell you, I, I, just as a, a little bit of a point going on to recruitment, uh, is there any correlation in? We might have got rid of a load of players, but brought in two quality players, and Hitchin wasn't involved. This is always, this is for me, this has always been the, the, the key for any successful team. You've got to identify, it's not about numbers. So again, we've, we've had the evidence. Well, what the I'm saying is, is ha not having Hitch in there. Oh yeah, of course it is. <laughs> I don't That's know what, what he was doing. How much, I have no idea. Wonder <laughs> how, much, how much things were done between Levy and Hitchin rather than between the, the uh, white people, the people who know what they're fucking doing. Yeah. And, and this is the problem. I think, I, I don't know, obviously, I don't, I'm not on the inside, but I think Hitchin was more uh, able to appease Daniel Levy. So you'll say, yeah, almost like a yes man. I think Paratici isn't that man. You can see from his personality. And Conte definitely isn't that man because Paratici and Conte have got that relationship. They're going to be strong in their approach. Daniel Levy can't say, well, you know, like maybe he did with Hitchin. I can overrule that because I don't believe that that's going to work. These guys can now come back and say, well, look, we've brought three players in here. Romero, we've got in uh, Kuliszewski, and we've got in Bentenker, and they're in the first team. Let us do the business. You give us the money. But we're not going to spend 100 million a player. We're identifying the right players. And if that works with those three players, and we can do that in the summertime, uh, it's a win-win. Because Danny Levy yeah. probably won't have to say, I need to spend 100 million on each player. But we just get it right and let them do it and get it right. Would you guys exactly, yeah. comment? We, we've got this from Scott. Still look bad in recruitment without hitching. You know? It'd be interesting to know, Scott, uh, uh, you know, uh, the three players we just mentioned there, Romero, Kulisevsky, Benton Kerr. I mean, you know, they're, they're, 
I mean, next season, I think those three, if they're still there, the, the, the summer. I've, I've said this time and time again. The summer is a telling point. That and for Scott's comment, if Scott makes that comment next September, after the summer's gone, and it has been bad, then fair enough. We it, it, it holds it holds weight, in my opinion. You know, everyone's entitled to opinion. I respect Scott's opinion. But for me, this this summer is is the do or die where you well, where you sit there like and say whether or not you've got one or Like you were saying, Matt, if we'll know because Conte is not a sort of person that's gonna hold back on his thoughts. So during yeah, the Hitchin was, Hitch was a puppy who got his tummy tickled by Levy. Where have you got where you got Paratisti <laughs> tickling his balls, but you've got Conte fisting him saying you're gonna do it. Yeah. Oh, you'll do. Oh, you'll come out in the press. Such a way with words, Max. Such a way with words. But Conte will let us know. He'll let us know in the press, and he's not happy, as we can see from game to game. If he's happy and he gets what he wants, to a degree, he's going to be smiles and jumping for joy. If he's not, and in the summertime, we'll know. We'll see. If he, I've said that. If he walks because of. The fact that he hasn't got what he wants, not because we haven't spent the money, because he hasn't got what he wants, then yeah, it's, it's done. Sam, to be fair, I've said my biggest fear for the transfer window is two weeks before the start of the season, we're looking for a new striker and a new oh, manager. No, if, yeah, if we if, and like I said, this is the other thing. That, is my, that is my biggest fear that Levy doesn't back him and we're going to be looking for a Kane replacement and a Conte replacement with two weeks to go. We are fucked. Sorry start. to put the language. Can I are. pick up on Scott's last comment? Because Scott. Sometimes yeah, can be uh, let me, let a little bit on the negative side. Uh, em, I mean, Emerson, Emerson was bought. Em, to, to play I'll just right read it back. out for the people listening. Emerson, Hill, Sarglini, yeah. two players better than the crap we had, but not great players, and do little to address the major issues we have. I mean, most of those players, Emerson and Galini aside, were. I think possibly before the Paratici era, uh, but yeah. the, the last two that we've got have yeah. been hit. So hopefully that's a turning point. Yeah, sorry. Ian. Well, I, well, I think that's right. I think the first thing is Emerson was bought to play right back under um, un, under Nuno. Nuno. Now, I'm not going to say Do he's it. a great piece of recruitment. He's not, but uh, but he's not really suited to play a Conte game. He's just not. Uh, Gill. Don't know. He's got a lot of talent. I personally think he's one of those that I, I would agree. I don't think someone's done their proper due diligence about what was what's needed for the uh, um, for the for the English game. Sorry, well, he, he should I mean, have been loaned still... out, shouldn't he, to an English team, Hill, to get him used to the English league, not well, Valencia. But... Either that, or let's just cash in. Um, Saar is is a kid. I mean, he's just won the uh, um, African Cup of Nations. I know he only played a couple of games as a sub, but you know he's he's still a kid. He's still learning the game. Whether he's good enough, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about him. Gallini, I think, shocking. I mean, I just everything I've seen about him makes me think he's not going to be a a Tottenham goalkeeper. But I think the important point is this: is is how Paratici works with Conte. That Conti says, "This is what I want. This is what I need," and Paratici <coughs> is doing doing the the legwork to get those players into the club. That way, it will work. Um, so who did, who uh, did we get in the summer? But I mean, so, Scott's not entirely wrong about that. Some of some of Paratici's signings were were, were not great, but the but two on that, Ian, just on that just on that point, just on that point about them signings. Yeah. If you look at Hill, if you look at who is it? We got him, Emerson. Um, who else we got? Saar. There was a, a, a theme in that. They were looking at young, talented players to progress. But that's when we had Nuno. 
I guess they were, but that was the right policy because I was saying we weren't buying enough talented players to come in. What happened was Nuno wasn't the right manager for the job. So I don't think he was involved Great. in the signings of the players. Conte has been in the January transfer window. And if you think about it, the two players that have come in, they've both come into the first team. So again, when we had the policy before Conte come in, it's a little bit hit and miss. Although there was a, a strategy, it probably got wrong with two of the, the signings. But Conte now involved with Paratici, they're getting it right. So we have to take that forward into the summer, two, three or four signings, and they get it right with the players that are already improved now. We'll have a very, very good squad, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, one of the players that uh, uh, Paratici did bring in, Romero, and obviously Antonio is West Ham's danger man. So Romero versus Antonio, I thought Romero won that hands down. He pretty much forced... Uh, With Antonio playing? <laughs> well, he, he had a couple of chances, didn't he? He had one just after... Um, uh, no, 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 no. He, he had a couple of forearms, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he, well, he had that one just after uh, we scored where Kane played a hospital ball to Romero. Romero couldn't do too much because if he gets it wrong, it's a penalty and uh, he put it just wide. Then uh, uh, and uh, midway through the second half where he ballooned it over. But I thought Romero never let him turn. Yeah, Antonio is really dangerous. When you get it, when he turns, gets to run at people because he's so strong. Romero never let him turn. He always back to goal, into him, get the ball or foul him, whatever. Dyer did his bit as well when Romero uh, switched positions. But I thought Romero was superb uh, on Sunday, certainly against him. And Declan Rice as well didn't really have anything to do. I thought Benton Kerr was superb in there. But yeah, Romero, he, 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 he's, he's not been maligned. Our defence has been <laughs> uh, 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 maligned. But yeah, Ian uh, Romero, I thought he was absolutely superb and essentially just forced uh, Moyes to take their danger man off. Yeah, uh, am I coming through okay? Because my stream yeah. keeps feeling like it's. Um, oh, it might, might, yeah, okay. Um, I, I thought Romero was fabulous. I mean, absolute colossus of a performance. He just looks so comfortable. And I think the the, the comparisons with uh, VVD are, are absolutely appropriate. Just their comfort on the ball and uh, their ability to read the game is is just wonderful. But I thought the three the three at the back. Um, there was a comment I think from Mark about um, Davis playing poorly. I thought Davis played yeah. really well. No, that was simply As did Dyer, and considering he's patched up, I thought the three of them that was from Simply Ace was it. Um, now I thought Dave, I thought Davis had a really, really good game. He brought the ball out of defence really well. It was one of those ones setting setting Regmion up as well. And uh, as I say, Regmion's uh, a little bit wasteful uh, uh, with the end product. Um, and of course, the two um, ben, uh, Benton Core and Hoy. But I think in that. You know that spine of the side, we were just really, really strong. I think for the, the back um, three, makes, if you look at you look at our back line, and with exceptions when we had prime Toby and prime Batonga when they were the best defensive partnership in the Premier League. Yeah, and they, but you look who they had in front of them as well at the time. They had Dembele. If you've got the quality in front of them, it's going to make them look better. It's going to give them the confidence to be able to do. Can you all hear Matt? Because I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it. You know, so you look at you look at Ben Tancur, the way he, he, he turned and, and split those two um, those two West Ham players on on the edge of our own box. Now he's very now he's so comfortable with the ball and he's he knows what's around him. He's very aware, and I like that. And don't get me wrong, I said this on when we did our pod. Me and Mark did our pod yesterday. He's going to get caught out at least once doing that, right? Because he's he's done it a couple of times. 
But to be able to know that you've got a couple of boys in front of you that's going to either knock the crap out of the player with the ball before he gets to you in Hoiberg, or one that's got the ability to take the ball and then, you know, get past the players to then start start an attacking movement or try and kickstart an attacking movement. It is, it's nothing but positiveness for, for the guys sat there at the back three. You know, Davies has come on brilliantly under Conte, in my opinion. He's, you know, he's had a few moments where he, he's looked like the Davies of old, but on the whole, I think he's shown vast improvement. Um, but I do think that, that a lot of credit there goes to, to the guys in, who are sat in front of them as well. Yeah, I mean, what did you think, Sam? I, I, uh, we've got a comment here. Where is it? Uh, simply Ace. Uh, Romero, Bentaco are brilliant under pressure and the main reasons we can bring the ball out from the back. But what, one of Romero's criticisms is going in hard and, 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 you know, he's not one to just stand off and go in hard. You've got to know when to do that, I thought, against Antonio. That's the way you play against him when he's back to goal. You don't let him turn. You go in hard. If you give away a free kick, it's a free kick, but he's not turned you and you're not in trouble. Uh, but, yeah, I... It's a bit, yeah, just, it's, just a, yeah. your thoughts on Romero. Um, yeah, obviously, top quality play. He's, he's, I would say, he's going to be in that world class bracket. As I said, meant the, the the comparisons of Virgil Van Dijk. The difference though is his aggression. That's it's a plus positive because we need that, but it's going to be uh, a bit of an Achilles heel if he gets it's a it wrong. And, it's a double edged sword, isn't it? Sometimes hundred percent. He's going to get it wrong, and we are. It's a risk and reward thing. We want him to take that risk because if he can bully a player, it sets a precedence for the player, i.e. the player knows he's in for a physical game and he's not going to take the piss. So you come up against the strikers like a Lukaku, like a Mikel Antonio, whose basically physical aspects is what's going to make you as a defender think twice about, you know, going in for them. He can deal with that physicality. But the, 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 the risk comes with if he gets it wrong. There was a challenge he made towards the late on in the game. I think he made it. It was in the centre circle. He made that sliding tackle. I can't remember which West Ham player it was, but he just about got it right. And he got it wrong. He's probably going to get at least a yellow card for that. But that's what you want. You want a player to have that sort of aggression. Um, did you mention about Benton Kerr as well? So Benton Kerr, again, the yeah. same thing. You know, we want players to take risks in the right area of the pitch. But he took a risk in an area of the pitch where he beat two players. So, again, I like that sort of thing because there was a... Re it wasn't just about being flash. He took two players out of the game. And if you if you went on, he actually tried to set up an attack from that point onwards. So, again, knowing the players, knowing what they're doing, it's not just about me uh, having a bit of a fancy flick. It was something to kind of build on an attack. And that's fantastic. That's what I like about these players. Yeah, what I liked about him is that it was a chance that Sunset Kane up for where he, he tried to go outside of the boot uh, when he took a touch. But Bentengur got turned by, I, I don't know which West Ham player it was, and then hunted him down and got the ball back from him. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. It's, uh, oh, I've lost the ball. My responsibility because he beat me. He, he didn't beat one of my buddies. He beat me. So I have to go and get that ball. Um, but yeah, I, Sam, I know you have to go uh, uh, shortly. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Brilliant. It's always brilliant yeah, on here. And these guys, nice to meet you in. I've I've met Coach, yeah, you... Coach Matt met Coach Match before. So we gotta get we've got to be yeah. back on again. We'll get you Sam, on. Sam, it's been a pleasure seeing you again, brother. Yeah, we'll get you on to yeah. Paxton as well. I'm gonna let you know. Hope to see you so. again, Sam. Hundred yeah. percent. Thank Thanks you so very much. much for coming on. Uh, just before you go, uh, Paxton Road TV. Uh it's, the link's in the description anyway, but uh, just tell people a bit about it if, if they don't know what it is. Paxton Road TV on YouTube where we do all the uh well try to do preview reactions for all the games and talking points the regular show that we do on a tuesday which we kind of look at the, the latest kind of thing 
during the week. So we're doing how would Spurs fare in the Champions League if we get there next season. So that should be a bit lively tomorrow. Um, so yeah, just look a out show for some... to set yourself up for a fall. Well <laughs> no, I've worded it. You know, how would we? It's not when will we? It's like how right, okay. how would yeah. we? But um, yeah, it's, for me, it, it, yeah, it's all about you know going forward, making sure we support the team now. You know, we we've seen that they've got the ability, and we as Spurs fans, we're quick to kind of ah, he's shitty shit, but then they have a good game. Why oh, he's brilliant? So. Let's just stay a little bit level-headed now and just <laughs> stick with the team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, if, if, if you don't already, go, subs uh, go subscribe to Pax and Road TV. Watch a few videos, hit the likes on there. Watch uh, watch them. You, you'll be pleased you did. I've been on there a few times. Really great channel, really great people. And uh, yeah, thanks so much again for coming and on, big Sam. Subscription. And, uh, Make sure you subscribe, hit the like button for this show as well. Fantastic. Let's talk Tottenham. So, Chris, thank you very much. Uh, Coach Mack, Ian. To Sam. So, um, Thank you very much. Catch you guys. Pleasure, mate. Good seeing nice you. One. See you later. Cheers. A uh, big thanks to Sam there. Always a great guest. And uh, yeah, make sure you go check out Paxton Road TV. Uh, yeah, uh, Mac, uh, there was no Bowen for West Ham. Uh, he's another danger man there. He's been on fire this season. And, uh, I said this on Emotion Pod. It was I was yeah, I was thankful I was that he, he was out because he's he, he's been tearing it up a little bit prior to his injury. He's quick um, direct as well, isn't he? So he'd have given yeah. him a different dimension. Obviously, the yeah. Antonio thing didn't work because Romero was superb, but he gives him something else. And uh, yeah, I was quite pleased he wasn't playing, but yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it was, you know, yeah, there's, there's variables where you can sit there and say, oh, yeah, well, with that, no bowing, 120 minutes, X, Y, and Z. At the end of the day, they're all professional footballers. They should all be able to do the job because uh, they'll get paid the big money to do it. So, regardless of whether Bowie was playing and whether they played 120 minutes against um, Sevilla, it's, you know, it, it, it takes nothing away from the fact that, that Tottenham scored them at home. Um, you know, put them back in their place, let them realise that this is still their cup final. And, um, yeah, it was, it, mate, it was, it was a great way to end the weekend and start the week. Um, you know, do I think there would have been much of a difference if Bowen had played? Probably not. No. Um, because, well, unless you're Ronaldo, one man don't make a team. So, you know, it, it was made at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we took the win and it, it doesn't matter because, like I've said, they're all professionals. They've got to pay the big money to, to do what they do. So, it, it, you know, we, we just got to sit there and enjoy the fact that we, we, gave, we gave them a good game. And apart from when they probably had about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes in the second half where, yeah, I, I got a little bit worried thinking, oh, they're pushing and, and who knows. But um, but but on the whole, I think Spurs were brilliant the way they controlled the game. They, you know, they kept good retention of the ball. They looked confident. They looked, it was nice to watch Tottenham play with the ball at their feet and to, 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 to look at them and think they've got a plan. They know where they're trying to go with this ball. They know what, they know who they're looking for. They know the run they want somebody to make. Rather than the many times that we've seen them kind of trot up the halfway, you know, like Dyer once upon a once upon a time would would trot up the halfway line, and he'd, all of a sudden he'd be like, uh, uh, you know, who's, who's moving for me? Where's this ball going to go? Um, and and that for me, I think, has been a big thing with Spurs at the moment. We look like we have purpose in our attacks, rather than hoping that somebody's made the run where, you know, hopefully we'll get the ball over that way or we'll do this. Um, I think that's 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 that was a very 
a very big positive um, when I was watching that game for me to, to see that that plan that there is a plan. Yeah, well, Matt, we, the, the, there's one thing I like when we're playing like that, and there's been a couple of games obviously recently we haven't. When we go forward, where every time we go forward we look like we might score. Yeah, I mean that's um, you know that was that that I thought that was brilliant on uh, um, on, on Sunday yesterday. We we really <clears> did look <throat> purposeful every time we went forward. And it makes you wonder what David Moyes was watching when he said Tottenham didn't really cause us a problem. I didn't see that. I, I saw the interview yeah, I after the either. game. Yeah, was I, I don't think they really caused it a problem, pal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Glasgow very, very good. Spurs didn't cause as many problems. No, no, we just scored three goals past you, mate. You've got one, which was yeah. one of our, our weakest things, which I, is set pieces apart from that. What did you do? I, I, think, I think what managers say in, in press in public is probably quite different to what they actually think and what they say in private and then and to their players. Um, yeah. yeah a of comments. He says exactly what he thinks. Well, yeah, he's just, he's just a one-off in here. A couple of comments here, Simply Ace. Under Conte, there's been an improvement in seeing games out, which he failed to do last season. Uh, Spurfect, 81. How you doing, buddy? Benton Kerr's. Carmen presence in the midfield is massive. Compare that to yeah. Winks, who often lacks composure. Thought he was great on Sunday. It's a player who's just got confidence who's coming. I think that's Winks's issue. And then Audio yeah. Artisan has asked this, which is quite interesting. Kane or Son for the golden boot? Salah's on 20, Son 13, 12 for Kane. I think if, if you could tell me Salah would only score maybe two more this season, maybe, maybe. But I think Salah will probably hit at least 25. Um, but yeah, a- absolutely superb. Be- being that you know, Ian, uh, we, at the start of the season, Son and Kane were well, not even in the top 20 of, of the goals no. scored. Now, all of a sudden, no. 25 between them. And uh, I, th- I think what uh, uh, what you both said there going forward, we look dangerous. I think Kulisevsky is a huge part in that because oh, tell when, me. When, 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 when Kane comes deep, it's fine. Only if someone takes his place up top. And normally well, that was Son, but now we've got two players. It, 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 I said, uh, you know, around the Christmas period, that if there was one player that we could get money, no object, everything else, it would have been Vlaovic, because I think when Kane comes deep, he would have been the perfect person to come in there. But Kulisevsky has just done fantastically well. Um, and as I say, when Kane comes deep, the problem was when Kane comes deep, if uh, um, the, the, there's no one there to finish off the great work that he's Absolutely. doing. But Son, Son's runs, though, that telepathy that they have, um, you know, once again, and even the goal, the the the, the own goal. If you look, the ball came through to from uh, um, Kulusevski to to Kane. It's one little look up, and Son and Son knows. That he's got to go across the defender. Kane knows he's going to go across the defender, and he's pressured um, um, uh, Zuma into 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 making the, the mistake. It's just that telepathy. Mm. The ball for the second goal is of of hodl quality. And maybe you're too young. The to... other good thing about Kulusevski is he's he's very direct in his play. There's none of this. You know, you, you know for well, with or from watching, but I, I think that he's pretty much that guy knows exactly what he's going to do as soon as he gets into the position he wants to get into, and that doesn't matter whether that's defended, deflected, or the pass makes it where he wants to go. 
He knows what he wants to do. He's got direction. He's got purpose, which I think is something that's also been lacking for Spurs. Because how many times do you, do you come down the right or left side and then they, they hold the ball up and all of a sudden, again, like I said about Dyer at the halfway line, oh, what do I do now? Oh, fuck. Uh, uh, and then all of a sudden they're broke on the attack. You know, he's the guy comes in, he's got a good left foot. He, he tries to he tries to get onto it, and as soon as he's onto it, he's looking for the pass. He's looking for the shot, and and I and I think that is also something that works well for Kane and for Son. Yeah, and well, not afraid to have a shot either. He, he had a few balloon ones, but he's not afraid to have a ping. No, he gets the position. But I I think the important thing, Chris, is that clearly we Kane and we had Kane came back from the Euros. We had the transfer stuff and what have you. He clearly wasn't enjoying his football. And I think you know you've got a manager like Nuno with the best will in the world. Just wasn't Tottenham quality. Was never going to be Tottenham quality. But Kane really looks like he's enjoying his football. I think he, you know, the, the, he seems to have a smile on his face. Sonny looked, you know, back to his. Uh, I said back to his best, but certainly he 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 looked much fresher. He looked much more confident yesterday. I've got I've got a question for the Peria. Mm. So when Nuno was appointed, personally, I wasn't overly disappointed because I thought, look what he's done with Wolves. If he mm. can do that with a better squad, technically. Yeah then the, it, this should be all right. But Kane wasn't playing for him. Now, let's just put the Man City saga to one side. Hmm. Okay? Um, do you think that Harry Kane respects a manager's CV more than he respects the manager? Because he was all sunshine and rainbows when Jose was in with his glittering CV. He didn't seem to be putting the effort in, despite the Man City thing, but he still wasn't putting that effort in on the pitch when Nuno was in. Conte comes back and the old Kane's suddenly firing again. Do you think he looks at a manager's CV and tailors how he is to that manager? Or do you think he has a lack of respect for a manager with a CV which does not boast the credentials of, of managers like Jose and Conte? I'm not sure. I think with Nuno, obviously the Man City saga was there, so that's a, a real factor there. But I'll, I think, I'll certainly just... Because regardless of the City saga, right, if he's a Tottenham boy everyone loves him as, and he's always proclaimed to be, then Man City saga or not, shouldn't be playing his bollocks off for that shirt. No, no. Regardless but but what I was going to say is, if you look at Nuno, it's almost though Kane and Son weren't playing because there was no attempt to play kind of attacking football. At least with Jose, it was defensive football, but defensive with the mindset of those two are going to get our goals, get them in the game. Nuno, there, there, there was nothing. It was it was always mm. just a hit and hope long. Kane and Son are up there against four defenders. So I think he possibly just got disillusioned and fed up with the fact that I'm never going to get into the game here. Under Pochettino, under Jose, now with Conte, I'm involved in games. I'm involved in making stuff happen. Uh, those guys understand, uh, without being massively big-headed, those guys understand that I'm going to be key in getting our goals here. And they're playing to my strengths. Whereas Nuno, for me, just never played to any of the Kane or, or Sun's strengths at all. And I think he just got fed up with that. And, and he, he always says, like we said, if we're progressing, I'll stay. 
if we're not scoring goals, we're not going to progress because we're no. not good, good enough defensively. I think he just got fed up with that. And now Conte's come in, who Conte famously said, I think he was doing a, a punditry for the Euros and Italian TV. If I was manager of Tottenham, Kane wouldn't be going wide. He wouldn't be coming deep. He'd be in the box because that's where he scores goals. So I think when Conte came in, I know I'm getting involved in football matches here, in, in, in the forward plays. You've seen it now, 12 goals and God knows how many assists he's got now. And he's getting massively involved in games. Him and Son, him and son look like they're happy again, whereas under Nuno, they just look fed up. Mm. I, I think it was more to do with that. There could be an element of like, well, what's he ever done? You know, Mourinho and Conte have won more in their sleep than he's won, you know. But then Kane can't really think like that because he hasn't won anything, has he? So I, 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 I think it's more the fact that I'm not getting involved in games here. I, I'm fed up. I, 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 I think you possibly you were looking at the CV. I think it's more, you know, everybody, you know, here and, and watching or have jobs. You know, you, if you have a boss or you have a, someone who's senior to you in the business and think, I know more than them or they can't actually teach me anything, you've got a problem in your workplace. And I suspect Kane probably thought... I don't know that I can learn much from Nuno. Um, you know, in, in fairness, I, I, 2019 Everton, last home game of the season. I went down. Um, met, met up, I live in I live in Glasgow, by the way, uh, Mac. So uh, yeah, yeah, David Moyes' accent was was pretty pretty close. Uh, I'm originally from Helensburgh, mate, about 40 what? minutes west. Oh, from do you know where Helensburgh is? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm originally from there. Yeah, okay, uh, nice on the banks of the uh, the estuary up there. But uh, um, going back to what we, what we were saying, I I went out with my with, with one of my pals the morning of the game. He's in, involved in uh, running a league, and there was a game going on. And one of the guys on the touchline was a wolf supporter, and I made the comment to him, you know, if uh, um, if Potch fell under a bus tomorrow, I quite fancy having your manager at Tottenham. Now that was 2019 when Wolves were were really really on the up, um, but the last couple of year, years they were just falling going backwards, um, and I think like a lot of coaches they play a certain way, find it difficult to adapt the games to the opposition, and Wolves were were clearly going going backwards. Um, I don't think Nuno was the right choice, but it seemed like everyone we asked didn't want the job. And maybe there's a, a spot of a Levy won't give me the money. Levy won't give me the time to develop what I need to. And they would see the the you know some of the players would need would need replacing. And we're and we're seeing it more and more. The the players that the the players that needed to be replaced are either now out of the club on loan elsewhere, um, or um, or, or they or they're on the bench and are only going to play. As a, you know, in the last few minutes, or not play at all. And I mean, I like Winks, but when you look at Benton and you look at Skip, you, you realise that you know he's he's one player that has gone distinctly backwards over the last two or three years, and that's the kind of thing. And when I think someone like Harry Kane will look and say, 
I had Winks playing behind me. I've now got Bentoncourt. I had Moura. A lot of running, a lot of pace, a lot of enthusiasm, but no end product. And now I've got Kulisevsky, who's strong, who's skillful, who can pass the ball and will be up, will be reading my passes. That's got to improve your mentality. Mm. Plus, you've got a coach that you know you can learn from, who's got a, a, a list of trophies, current trophies, not Mourinho, who was really was yesterday's man. Um, who, who's really going to bring out the best of you? No wonder, no wonder Kane's, Kane's happier. And I think if Kane stays, Conte will stay. And I think if Conte stays, um, uh, Kane will stay. I think, I think it's, I think those two go hand in hand. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, one thing as well, I was really pleased about going back to the game. Last point on the game, really, was the closing down and the pressing, which we haven't seen. Yeah. Well, certainly consistently for a long, long time. And uh, just a shout out to Doherty as well, because that first goal came from him closing down whoever yeah. was on West Ham's left. Yeah. And then it fell to Kulisevsky and then him, Kane and Son did the rest and, and Zuma. Um, but yeah, Benton Kerr closing down all over the park. Same with uh, Hoiberg, kept Declan Rice quiet, who Declan Rice for me is is that close from being a world star. I think he, I think thought he was England's best player in the Euros. Obviously, he didn't get the mm -hmm. headlines. Just He's got to leave West Ham, though, to win something. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I think he's up to Tottenham if he yeah. can get in the team, Mac. But he, he's very similar to Kane for me. I think he's a, a West Ham lad, isn't he? Whereas Kane's a Spurs lad. If they're mm -hmm. progressing, they'll stay. If not, they'll be suitors as long as you're arm. Maybe not for Kane, as we saw in the summer, but... Yeah, and uh, he was very, very quiet. He, he's a superb player. Uh, whether the exploits of the 120 minutes and the season as a whole has caught up with him. But I thought, uh, uh, as much as it's 120 minutes that, that, that has, has made them struggle potentially, I thought, you still have to beat the team that's in front of you. And we had the correct mindset right from the start, closing mm. them down. I've mentioned uh, Romero already, Doherty already, Bentancur already, but it was all through the pitch. It was... It wasn't Poch esque, but it, it was similar in a sense that 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 was the whole team closing and pressing. And we know that if 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 one person in the team doesn't press, that the, the pressing game doesn't work because there's chinks. And yeah, I, I, Matt, do, do you th think that's a thing that we'll see going forward now, or do you just think it was West Ham are going to be struggling here? They're going to be tired. Get into them, show them the moon for a game, get them knackered out. I, I, I'll be honest. I think I think because of. Conte being, and I, I, I don't use this word lightly. I, I, I think it's quite apt. Uh, but I can imagine being very much a taskmaster, um, and the the mentality change is the biggest thing, as we mentioned earlier in Tottenham. And if he's starting to change that mentality, and they're really starting to take on board everything that that he's trying to input onto them then maybe we're just starting to see the fruits of Conte's labour with what he's doing on the training pitch. Um, you know, it's mentality is everything. You know, we we, we had uh, a man, whether he was yesterday's man or not, he had a fantastic CV. Problem was is his ego. He is the man. He is, it's all about me. My, what, those 11 guys? No, nah, nah, if it wasn't for me, fuck off, you twat. But, uh, you know, uh, whereas, whereas Conte is, he's a humble man, but he's, he's an honest man. Mm. And I like that. And I think that's where you can maybe draw a similarity maybe with Pochettino. He's honest. He's, and I think with the players, he's honest. He just delivers it with a little bit more authority. Um, 
you know, he, he's more the headmaster rather than the prefect. Um, you know, and I do, I think he's, he's it's maybe starting to bear fruit now, what he's trying to do. He's found his, his 11, and they're starting to, to, to put everything into place. And like I say, between now and the end of the season, yes, there's going to be a couple of bumps. Yeah, there might be some twists, not just for us. Um, but if this is the start of, of, of Conte's mentality change within the squad, uh, combined with his tactics and what he wants from the team, because also confidence as well is a big part of that. Um, if he's if he's able to still bring that into the boys, even though we've gone win lose win lose win lose, um, then then yeah, then this this yeah between now and the end of the season is going to be very very interesting. And hopefully, as long as everything goes to plan with. You know, and we hope that, that Levy backs him that next season is going to be potentially something special. Agreed. Maybe not, maybe not, uh, you know, a flurry of trophies, but something special for us as, as fans to be able to be part of, of a journey where we might get close or, you know, to, to something really, really spectacular. Yeah, well, Simply A says, Conte speaks for fans. That's why he's perfect, because he wants to win. Uh, but yeah. Ian, do, do, do you agree with what Max said there? And in terms of the Taskmaster comment, I saw a comment from uh, uh, Matt Doherty. Someone asked him uh, who's the hardest trainer at, at Spurs. And he said, I'm paraphrasing it. I don't want to sit on the fence, but everybody works their socks off because you just wouldn't be able to get away with it. So that's obviously quite clearly, as long as he said it, obviously, it could have been from a newspaper yeah. making it up. But if it's true, that's quite clearly a nod to, to, to Conte saying, if you don't work hard, you're not going to get away yeah. with it. But do, do you think we'll see the whole pressing game that we saw against West Ham for the rest of the season? Or do you think that was just a... a yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's just about pressing, though. I mean, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, pressing... There's a lot of myths about pressing um, uh, and how, how, what actually is a pressing game. You know, um, the, 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 the you, you know, you press from the back forward you don't press from the forward back so if you're playing a genuine press everybody has to come higher up the park um and and absolutely squeeze that space which, which we which actually we don't do but what we were doing was pressing the uh, pressing the the ball as you know you picked up the the doherty uh uh the 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 the, the doherty yeah, the one where he goal. was high up he was high up the park um, so I don't think it's just about pressing, but I think it's about energy. It's about fitness um, and it's about an absolute commitment. I mean, they talk a lot uh, you know, about winning the ball back within three seconds and the importance of that. And I think, you know, we were winning the ball back um, early. A lot of times when they had the ball and we were picking it off them. That's why Benton Kerr is just so good because I read something when he just signed about says that my my job is to win the ball and pass the ball forward quickly. Well, by God, he's good at that. I mean, you know, he's absolutely perfect for the way Conti wants to play. Mm -hmm. um, and that's so, to me, that's so important about getting in the right players, not just mentally, but players that the manager wants that can play and adapt to the style that he wants to play. And the manager um, can trust as well. I, I get the feeling he trusts uh, Ben well, and Kudusevsky already. Well, well I, I, yeah, and I think, but I think all of the players, the way they're playing, all of them trust. Um, uh, all of them trust Conti totally, um, and you can just feel that. Um, um, 
one or two of the things, the team's not good enough, the team's not good enough. And I'm I'm wondering where he's going with that. But now is, yeah, I've, I, we've improved. Now the team is good enough. And now as we go into that final sprint to the end of the season, you know, he's telling them they're good enough. They can get, get this top four. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. And you, you, can, you can see it with, you know, Jesus, the points that we've blown at Burnley, the Wolves game at home, the... Uh, um, what was the other game we we spunked the points? Wolves, Burnley, and who was the other home game that we we missed? Southampton. Southampton. I mean, heavens above. Mm. You know, you think even if you take six of those nine, we're ahead of Arsenal all of a sudden, and you know they've got to come to us, and ah, oh, it's frustrating. But you know they've dropped points. I still think someone said it might have been you, Mac, that they'll drop points now between uh, now and the end of the season. They've got some tough, tough games coming Mate, up. They, they've got a chance of dropping, well, they've got a chance of dropping nine. Liverpool, United and Chelsea. West Ham, potentially. Yeah. Um, and you us. know, and like I said before, hopefully we've, we've had our... And our us. Spell. And us. We, we, I don't think we'll drop nine points between now and the end of the season. No, we've got what? we've Our, our toughest games now is what? Liverpool away. Away. Um, and, and Arsenal potentially. It's essentially, yeah. what you want is the teams who have got nothing to play for, or teams who have got bigger things to play for. So I'm slightly worried with Arsenal Palace because they'll be focusing on that cup competition now. Palace, uh, they're safe in the league. Probably won't get in Europe. They're probably in the middle somewhere. But, uh, Ever but uh, Everton, uh, I think, could be a banana skin for them because Everton. Potentially, will still be in a relegation battle and have to win. Same with Leeds, although I think I don't. Do you know what? I don't think I think Palace are going to because the one thing that Vieira has given Palace is pride. Right? Yeah, He's a proud man, and um, I'm not going to lie. I kind of liked him when he played. Um, I liked his mentality. I liked what he was about. I liked the way he, he he had passion. He had pride in his own game, and I think he's putting that into Palace. Um, and I think that's why the, the Palace will still be, regardless of what they're playing for or not, is, is, is they will still give their all good game in, game out between now and the end of the season. Yeah, and, uh, I, I agree. And also, I, I can't see how uh, Vieira is going to just simply sit back and allow, allow his team to get rolled over by his old team, Arsenal. I just don't see it. Um I don't think he'll be doing... He's the sort that says, well, we'll do Arsenal a favour. Just don't go out and w worry too much, boys. You know, you, let's just play the semi-final. Don't think Vieira's that kind of person. Yeah, and uh, He'll, he'll, he'll see Arsenal as a benchmark for how they could do in the semi-final. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Potentially. Didn't think of it. Yeah, I mean, we've got Newcastle next to, I think, a safe now. They, they won't go down, I don't think. And then in the summer, they'll go absolutely mad. But, uh, I mean, but they're playing for contracts. Their players yeah, are playing yeah. for contracts. So they've still got something because they want to be part of this big revolution. They want a nice big new contract next season with bigger money than they, they, they could ever imagine because they've got all that nice blood money sat there going through, uh, running out of the time. So, it's, it's, they, so they, they've still got that to play for. Yeah, you know, the sales is is playing for a contract definitely because he's he's not good enough for that squad and for what they're going to be. But I don't think he's going to want to leave. And, you know, so Newcastle are still 
it's still going to be a tough prospect for anybody. Yeah, um, we'll obviously do the uh, preview when we play them. But uh, que last question before we wrap up here. Uh, we've obviously got the international break. Is it a bad time? This is the first time in, I don't know, three years. We've won two on a spin and then we've got two weeks off. W would Do you think you obviously don't want to go into an international break after a loss? Certainly not one to your top four rivals and to no. your local rivals. Uh, we've obviously got that two wins on the trot. Do, do you think the players would have wanted another game quickly next week rather than wait two weeks? Or, or do you think it's, well, we can relax on this international break, come back confident uh, for the Newcastle game? Can you ask? Yeah, go with you, Matt, first. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you, you never know. I'd like to have played again Wednesday, Saturday while we're winning games. Winning's a habit. Winning's a great habit. Um, I would, I would have liked to us to have carried on. I, no one likes international breaks. We were. I watched it. I'll maybe watch the England match. The Scotland Ukraine game was meant to be on. I think on Thursday night. That's a real shame. That's off because I think it would have been a, a cracking game. But obviously the the circumstances are rather more important than a game of football. England's games are meaningless. Wales have got a big game. I think against uh, um, uh, against Austria and Rodon and uh, Davis presumably will play in that. Uh, I, I don't think the, the international breaks come at a good time at all. Um, An audio artisan, Mac, makes a good point here, which I didn't think about. Just don't want anyone coming back injured. We're obviously on yeah. the final you know stretch what? of the and season. Thank you very much for bringing that on just before I was about to make my point. Inter <laughs> 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 International breaks was wanted as much as a part in this place. Soon. We all hate them. All right. We don't want them. <laughs> They're a pain in the absolute arse because they disrupt the flow of the, of the season. They disrupt the flow of the momentum that your team is trying to build. Um, and the biggest issue for me is international breaks, especially with nine games to go. And the luck of Tottenham is Romero will pick up an injury. Kane will get his ankle tapped. You know, um, Kulazewski or, you know, whatever. It's it, And that's, that's always the worry with the international break. I don't give a fuck what England do during the international break when it's friendlies. It's pointless. I'd rather have two weeks of them sat on a training ground getting Conte drilling the shit out of them. Yeah. Um, you know, these two friendlies, I couldn't give a fuck about. The only thing I care about is, is who's going to come back injured and who's going to come back ready to rumble. Um, but this is what every team's got to suffer with. Um, so we, we're not the only ones, but we only care about our team because, well, not the rest. Um, <laughs> well, we'll be, yeah, we'll be interested next season. Yeah. It'll, be It'll be very interesting next season because that World Cup... There'll be players who come back injured and it, that will affect championships, that will affect top four, that will affect relegation, affect all sorts with the top players coming back injured. But the people in the FA, UEFA won't give a oh, shit they don't care. Now. a nice new holiday home. But I, I think there could be a case that teams who get relegated or don't win leagues or, or get top four could end up trying to sue FIFA because we all know that that was all a, 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 a shambles, the fact that it's in Qatar, but... I mean, that remains to be seen. That will obviously come. We'll be talking about that. Mate, it'll, it'll come out in 20 years' time and we'll be sat here on a podcast, old, grey and bitter, right? Saying, we said this 20 years ago. Do you remember, Chris, when I said this? Ian, do you remember when? Yeah. <laughs> fucking Robin Murphy. Look at him sat in his fucking holiday home. I told you they fucking got one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's oh, a conversation for another... Up. That's a conversation for another day, year... Decade. Uh, yeah, two. And obviously, we've got two weeks off. 
Uh, not sure what I'll do on Friday, but we'll be back on Friday. Uh, pretty much reach the end today. There's not much, too much else to talk about other than covering old ground or going over what will happen in the summer, which <laughs> we'll be doing that for, for you know weeks on end until the summer comes around. No one knows what's going to happen. We can just hope what's going to happen. Hold on. You said yeah. repeating ourselves. Have you not watched the plethora of podcasts across the board? We pretty much repeat ourselves week in, week out. <laughs> oh, well, these guys are fantastic. Look at Kudadeski. Look how quick he is. He's amazing. Oh, Brad Sunder got back. Do you think he well, should be dropped? Oh, Conte needs to get back. Levy's a prick. There you go. Another <laughs> episode of a random podcast on. But in fairness, we have to have something. Like subscribe button. In, in fairness, we have to talk about something for an hour and a half, and generally they're the, they're the things that always remain the same. So, Chris, have you <laughs> noticed how much we all repeat ourselves on these podcasts? I mean, you know, you talk Son and Kane about how they're firing and Bentacool, what a player. Well, Ian, you'll find it funny. I only said on Tommy Talks Ball the other day, and oh, when I was on the shelf side on Thursday, I just happened to have said this. It's right. I'm thinking, I said something on something stream, and I'm saying the same again. We're all the same. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I know you're wrapping up. Yeah, we we pretty much reached the end today. Brilliant win yesterday. Uh, really, uh, I said before the game, the Brighton win meant, meant absolutely nothing if we didn't beat West Ham. We've got six points out of six now. Hopefully, gives us a real boost. Hopefully, scares Arsenal a little bit in the fact that we do have to win. Otherwise, they're going to be breathing down on it. Certainly, the fact that they've got to come to us as well and they've got a few tough games, certainly on paper, coming up. Uh, but like Max says, and we've all said, there will be twists and turns. And the history shows you no one ever wants that fourth place. Every team loses weird games and all sorts of games on that run there. Uh, but, yeah, thanks to Sam, who was on earlier as well. Make sure you check out Paxton Road TV. Mac, uh, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, Pleasure, uh, mate. You, you've got a podcast yourself, uh, you, yourself and Mark. Uh, give us a, a, a bit of a shout-out and uh, uh, let, let people know where they can find it. So, yeah, our podcast is available where you find most podcasts. There's there's a plethora of places um myself and uh yeah mr sweeney uh at 1981 spur um the podcast is called out emotion pod um and we as, as as i've said on many many podcasts repeating myself um we we're mostly during podcasts we we talk about the game with the team comes out we we have a little rant about it then we you know, give our predictions. We then bitch at half time, and then we um, go batshit one way or the other at full time. Uh, purely emotionally driven. Um, you know, unlike these, you know, these posh YouTube streams that I get to come on, where they've got you know their nice graphics in the background, their preloaded questions at the bottom, and um, you know, their plants in the audience sending in their nice little messages and questions too. So yeah, it, it's it's. <laughs> It's, it's just a bit of fun, and um, yeah, we, we we enjoy doing it. But obviously, this season we we've not done as many as we would like to because we both had the pleasure of being able to get to a few more games than we thought we would. So um, which just makes it a little bit difficult. But yeah, we we popped one out yesterday. Um, it's floating around on my Twitter page, Mark's Twitter page, um, and yeah, guys, just check it out. It's just two random Tottenham supporters talking shite. <laughs> as opposed to four on, on today's one yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh, but yeah make sure you go check that out uh, Max uh, Twitter handle is on the description as well as the uh, Emotion Pod uh, 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 website address as well and uh, Ian uh, no no channel for yourself but um, you're on various uh, 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 yeah I go on uh, when, when I'm asked yours and Tommy's and, and uh, 
um, Collins and uh, Spurs You Asian TV. I do that quite a bit. And I've been on uh, Southside, View from the Southside with Marlon, interviews after the game. I just want to be as big a media whore as Brian Daggle. That is my ambition. <laughs> and yeah, you need to change your Twitter handle, mate. Why? You're not just Shaggy. You are, uh, yeah, you, YouTube slut, 1712. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Th thanks so much, Mac. Thanks so much, Ian. Thanks so much, Sam, as well, for coming on. Uh, just before we go, thanks to everybody for watching and all the comments. Please hit the like. Please hit the subscribe. Really helps the channel. 197 subscribers be great to get up to 200 and also as well uh go to bob spur tv uh, at bob spur tv on uh twitter he's coming back he's coming back soon i think in april uh so make sure you okay. you you watch that in on the wall or uh, in the wall sorry um when it comes back and go to bob spur tv on twitter because you'll get all the information that, uh, there'll when be it some show when it comes back absolutely yeah, superb that he's coming back and uh Everyone watching this, everyone listening to this, everyone watching any kind of Spurs content on Twitter was was hoping that he'd be coming back. There might back be thousands to, watching that. Oh, yeah. I, I, I hope he extends his StreamYard license to more than just 10 people at a time because he's going to have a lot no, of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll all want to be on that show. So, yeah. super, super Chat's going to be uh, Super Chat's out of his arse, I hope. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, Absolutely. Yeah, so um, it, sure it, it, it's going to be a good one. Yes, yeah, so make sure you uh, subscribe to Bob Spur TV. Make sure you uh, uh, follow him on Twitter, and you'll you you'll not miss when that's uh, coming out. And uh, yeah, be back on Friday. God knows what we're going to talk about. There's an international break. Uh, just repeat yourself, Monday. Chris. You'll be all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be, I'll just replay this. Uh, I'll just replay this uh, stream or, or one of the other ones, an older one, so it, uh, you know people don't notice it's a, a, a really old one. But yeah. Uh, thanks so much for watching. Please hit like, please hit subscribe, go into the uh, description, yeah. go to Max uh, uh, Raw Emotion Podcast, go to Sam's Paxton Road TV, hit like, subscribe there. And yeah, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for watching, for everybody who participated in the live chat and added comments. Before you go, please make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Anybody who couldn't watch the live video, you can still catch us on YouTube. Add any comments, suggestions or questions to the comments section on the video. Anybody who's listened to the audio-only podcast, thank you so much for listening. Anybody who wants the audio-only podcast, you can get this wherever you get your podcast from. Alternatively, if you go to Twitter, at LTalkTottenham, you'll find all the information there. We'll be back soon. We're live Mondays, 8pm, Fridays, half 12, UK time. Until then, come on, you Spurs! <laughs>